welcome back. It's episode 110 of our Brooklyn Bites. And the first for 2017. That's right. We've been gone for two weeks. Yeah, taking a break. I've, I've been sick with the flu. That's right. You probably weren't even able to talk very much. I had laryngitis for a solid five days of no, no voice. So that's one of the reasons why. Right. And just general busyness running around, taking care of holiday-related things. Uh-huh. Kept us a little uh, preoccupied. But now that it's a new year, I guess we can sort of look back at 2016 and... Everyone loved that year, right? It was a good year. Oh, yeah. People couldn't wait for this year to be over. Mm-hmm. A multitude of reasons why that might be the case. From tragic losses to just horrible circumstances all around. (laughs) There had to be some shining light, though, right, in 2016? Yeah, I'd say so. I think there there are a few good things I can point out, mm-hmm. and among them are some of the better games I think I played. So you were able to find at least that out of all the misery, right? Twenty sixteen, right? I played a lot of games, and some were better than others, uh-huh. and some stood out above uh, some of the other ones. Okay. So I compiled my list. I think you have a list too. I have a list, a small list. <laughs> a small list. That's, okay. that's That sounds like mine, too. I could maybe talk a little bit about some of the games that I thought were, were among the best. I'm glad you found some games that you liked this year. Uh, well, let's see what you think. Okay. Because I've got a few, and right. maybe you're familiar with some of these titles. So I'll start off with one. And I think the first game I want to mention, uh, something that I discussed back in Episode 70, which was Metroid Zero Mission. Hmm. Love the atmosphere of this game, which I think the music was a big part of that. Although it was a little repetitive, it really contributed, though, to the feeling that I had playing this game of being alone on an alien world among hostile creatures and uh, just making my way through through the corridors of, of what this world had to offer and just uncover ancient relics and things like that. Do you remember the planet's name that you're on? Uh, I, I, it's Planet Zebus. Yeah, Zebus, sure. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a good game. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good choice. I, I mean, overall, I had. I mean, I certainly had some complaints about the game, like the number of secrets. I thought was a bit too much, but I, I, I still have a high appreciation for the level of just incredible design that went into making something like that. Like just. The idea of just having all these secrets in one place, and you've visited these rooms so many times, and yet, as you uncover new abilities, there's new things to do in each of these rooms, and it's just amazing that 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 can be done. Did you know the main character is actually a girl? (laughs) I've heard rumors. Okay. Hope I didn't spoil anything. Well, it's confirmed in this game, definitely. Uh, You do play as uh, Zero Suit Samus in this. Mm. So, uh, you see her without the suit completely. Ooh. I didn't know it was one of those type of games. <laughs> well, without her armor, let's say. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that was one game that I thought stood out. And another game that really uh, was uh, impressive to me was Comic Zone on the Genesis. Really? Okay. I yeah. I wasn't expecting that one. Played that one back in episode 66 mm. of uh, our podcast. I thought this game really sold itself on all levels. I thought it had great animation. I thought the fighting action was a lot of fun because it's primarily a fighting type of game. I mean, it's a brawler more than a platformer, which is what I originally thought the game would be like. Really a lot of extra stuff in there. 
sense of humor. It had a great style to it. It had rats. It had a rat. It you had know, a, coming from New York, you know, that's something we can relate to. Uh, pet rat certainly uh-huh. is something that <laughs> you have to deal with in this game. Mm-hmm. But just the general comic book style presentation of it all, it all came together really well for me. I really thought this game kind of surprised me. You know, like nice. I wasn't expecting to like it to that degree. But I, I'd say it's gone on to be probably my favorite Genesis game at this point. Wow! I know that's okay. a, I know that's a huge, lofty title to hold up because you certainly got what you consider your your favorite games on that system. So you're saying you'd rather play Comic Zone than Flicky? <laughs> well, I don't that's know. What you're telling me. I don't know Flicky too well. Oh, right. I'm sorry to say that that was on your list. <laughs> I haven't played that one yet. <laughs> Well, I, I'm really surprised that this game still has not gotten any kind of sequel or follow-up. Mm. It really seems like yeah. one of those properties that they could have revisited and, and made something else out of. Was that was a Sega Direct title? Yeah, it was. In, it was developed in the U.S. Mm. It was. Uh, it was developed at the Sega Technical Institute in in California. So it was uh, completely a U.S. side creation. Can you think of any other game that was similar to that, like drawing of? comic strip panels as you play sort of thing. Uh, Did anything, everyone ever copy that? I can't think of any offhand. I can't think of either. Yeah, me neither. I wonder if anybody's got any hints on that. It yeah. just reminds me of those those Warner Brothers cartoons. Right, that's what I always go back to. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Where Daffy Dog is yelling at the cartoonist. Yeah, and the, the giant eraser comes out and takes his beak away. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> or the bill, whatever you call it. There's a lot of that in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I like that game. I don't know if I'd put that on my list, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a good one. All right, well, how about my next one? I thought this game probably stood out more than any other in the series that I had played so far. I'm talking about Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse. Played that back in episode 93. Mm. <laughs> and I think with this entry in the series, I think finally all the elements that was were laid out in the previous games came together perfectly. I think uh, it's it's like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup of... Of Castlevania games, you know, I think uh, you've you've got everything like multiple characters. You've got the branching pathways in the game, uh, interesting variety of stages, plays well, great music. I mean, you know, what else do you need? It's a solid entry into the Castlevania series, but this is also coming from someone who has not played Symphony of the Night. Well, that's true, yeah. and and I realize that when when that game came along it kind of reinvented the series Mm -hmm. in a new way so yeah i'm keeping it in the context of just the nes games and what the series had been up to that point right and then also games that you played just in that one year (laughs) sure yeah yeah that's a good game i like i think i you know we talked about i didn't really ever play through that whole game but Mm -hmm. uh, what i've seen is good and it seems universally liked I think it still stands out as people's favorite yep. of uh, of, the, of that trio of games, at yeah, least. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play the VRC6 enhanced version of the game, which was the additional sound chip that, that was in the Japanese version of the, of the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that added a, a layer of appreciation for me. I thought, wow, this is great. I've never heard music coming out of the NES like this. But uh, probably not the version that most people are familiar with. <laughs> but I think I'm ready for more, though. After that game... I That's think I'm it. ready for I'm ready for it's the next Castlevania game. your appetite. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, those are kind of my my retro highlights okay. of the year. I think I, I'm going to throw in an indie pick as well, uh-huh. which is uh, Fez. Played that for episode 101, and 
as far as just an indie produced game, I think it's hard to beat this one. I think uh, I love the art style, just the general sort of aesthetics of the game. The music, of course, helped that along as well. I think in a lot of ways, I had a similar connection for this game to what I felt with um, with Metroid, in the sense that there's these stacked layers of design in a level, and you can kind of revisit an area and discover something new, like something you couldn't do before, but now suddenly something new is there that was there all along, but you could just couldn't interact with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just really appreciated playing that game. I thought it was uh, really well done. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you. It's a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And, and you finished it, right? You did beat that game? I did. Yeah. I did. Did I, you 100% it, or...? Well, I, I 167%ed it oh, or something it like works. that. But it, but it goes higher than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I haven't been back to, to really check out more yeah. of it. But there is more there. There's a few extra things that I can, I can do uh, with the new abilities that are available in the second playthrough. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out, I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but I went back to check my game, mm-hmm. my game save. Right. And it was on the PS3, which I sold. Yes. So I thought it was on Xbox, so now I can't even go back and continue where I left off. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a PS3. It's been so long, you'd probably want to start over. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's too bad. But it's on everything, so you can even play it on on uh, PC if you want. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my picks of the year. I do have an honorable mention, okay. which I can, I can throw in just for the, for the sake of it. Why not? Well, it's a game that we both played, actually. Okay. And I'm going to throw in Transformers Devastation. Oh, all right. That goes back about a year from now. Uh, we played that now. back in episode 67. So, yeah, just about. Yeah. Uh, I feel like while it wasn't a great game mm-hmm. I think it gets so much right though okay. I think there was a lot to, to like about this game yeah, you really like that one well I just like the character representation was spot on really nailed the G1 animated look and made it 3D and uh, interactive in a way that you're like wow this game just looks exactly like what I would want a Transformers game to look like um, the voices helped you know the music was alright um, it kind of lacked something like that real vital hook that really made it feel like an original part of the the old series. Yeah. But I don't know. I just overall, I, I liked the game, but I thought the difficulty was a little unbalanced. It was either way too easy to the point where it was really was no challenge at all, or it was just way too hard. Mm-hmm. And there was just no chance of getting through these some of these big boss fights at the end of the game. Um, the world also felt a little empty and unpopulated. Um, I don't know if that's maybe a reflection of the animated style, just because if you looked at some of those old shows, you'd look at the backgrounds, and they look a little sparse <laughs> in some cases, and I felt like maybe they did that intentionally with this game. I'm not really too sure. Hmm. But in any case, I was hoping that there would be more story content, maybe, that would come out for the game, or maybe even a follow-up of some kind. I know, yeah. But there hasn't been anything no. so far. It's funny, I was just thinking about that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those games that it just looks so beautiful that I want to play it again. Right. But I really don't like that game so much that I don't want to play it. I just want to watch like someone playing. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to like reminds me of like Dragon's Lair. Like I, uh-huh. I like watching that game. It's fun to watch, but to play is maybe not the best. Right. Right. And yeah. And I think um, there's things that you you wish there were there was more to do in the game. You wish there was like some other aspect to it. 
that would have maybe given you a reason to revisit it, uh-huh. or just even like just new characters, more more of the 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 old catalog just being represented in the game in some fashion. Yeah. Or you know, an option to play as the bad guys, maybe a Decepticon sort of faction story. Right. That would have been nice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was worth uh, bringing up. Mm-hmm. But it was a good sure. pick. So All that's right. kind of my Your my tops. sort of highlights of the year. Yeah. All right. Well, I had a few myself. All right. And I'll start off with one from episode ninety four, and that's Antichamber. This is a small indie game that was made by this one guy. And I liked it because it's one of those weird puzzle games that's so cryptic and unusual that it just hooked me in. The look of it was very minimal. Uh, A lot of, like, cubes and outline, like, it's very simplistic shapes. Mm -hmm. I just liked the whole look of it and the feel of the game. It was a little uh, glitchy. I think I remember running into some issues. But, I don't know. I thought it was good. Definitely one of my favorite games I played. I did watch some videos after you talked about it, yeah. and it does seem like the kind of game I'd want to check out at some point. Yeah, it's not, I don't know if it's for everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a fan of Portal, do you think that would be appealing in some way? Mm, you have to be a big fan, I would say. <laughs> right. Because it doesn't really play like that, but mm-hmm. it, it's you know it's a first-person puzzle game. Right. I have a few of those in my mm-hmm. back uh, list of stuff I have to play, so it might be a good entry. Who knows? Yep. Another one, it's very similar, uh, with Jazz Punk. Mm-hmm. That was from episode 88. Mm. It was just released on PlayStation 4 not too long ago, and it's actually a uh, like a remixed version that adds, I think, an extra level or two. I, I liked it because of the comedy aspect. You know, I don't remember a game ever making me laugh as much as that game did. <laughs> it's that whole like Leslie Nielsen, Naked Gun kind of police squad type humor yeah that i find funny a lot of people maybe find that stupid or corny i don't know (laughs) but it hit all the right notes for me it was a very simple game quick to play through you know an hour or two and you know a lot of good laughs all right so since you liked it so much you played the pc version yeah and now that there's a ps4 version with new content yeah i I, i've been waiting i thought they were going to update the pc version with those same you know new content Mm -hmm. but they haven't yet so i'm still holding out like i don't want to rebuy the the game again just to get a like who knows how much actual yeah because i I looked online and it's only like you know a half hour of extra material Mm -hmm. an hour you know most right so i'm I'm not sure i want to spend like the 20 dollars or something whatever it costs it would be nice if they updated the pc yeah version to match they might they might just wait for the playstation sales to you know dip down a little bit first okay we'll see but definitely top game of mine uh number three on the list Mm. is a change of pace. It's a beat-em-up retro game called Streets of Rage Remake. This is from episode 72. And this one is a unique game because it was also a fan-made game. Yeah. But it uses elements from the original three Streets of Rage games. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like, not really a hack of the games, but they definitely stole all the assets and <laughs> right. created their own little compilation of games. Mm-hmm. Originally okayed by Sega until five years into it, and then they released it, and then Sega yanked it from them. And they said, hey, we don't want you to release this anymore. Right. So uh, the game can be found online. It's still not an official release. Mm -hmm. You can't get it on Steam or anything like that. It's PC only. But as a Streets of Rage fan like myself, it's still one of my favorite fighting games of all time. And to see 
those games put together, like, repackaged in, like, one whole game. And, like, remixed levels and better sounds and slightly tweaked graphics. It just, uh, I know, it's a lot of fun. I liked it. It's amazing that Sega hasn't done something like this themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't see why they don't just release it as, like, a, an indie game mm-hmm. or something or a, a mobile game or something like that. But there must be some issues with the way it was coded. Maybe it's not really easy to to release on, like, Steam or PlayStation mm. 4 or something. Yeah. So does it retain the story aspects of the original games? I kind of forget how I that think, goes. no, it actually continues. It's weird because it continues off of, I think, Part 3, mm-hmm. maybe, or Part 2. But the levels are all the same as the other games. I see. But the storyline sort of continues off of the other ones. Okay. So it is a little strange how they work that <laughs> so, so it is kind of a pseudo-sequel. If I remember correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Nice. And my final pick, and probably my game of the year, I don't think I played anything better than this, was The Talos Principle. That was in episode 73. Mm-hmm. This was um, a puzzle game, once again, like Antichamber. Yeah. And a very intense game. Uh, I was drawn in. In the beginning, it took me a little bit to warm up to it, because mm-hmm. it's a little bit tough, and some of the puzzles are confusing. But once I got into a groove and understood the physics of the game and how it works... I just got sucked in. I was playing it hours at a time. Something about it. I still think about it like every day it goes by. I'm like, I, I think about it, I'm like, man, that game was good. I wish there was more levels or I wish they would make a sequel. The the storyline, the way they, they, they wove in that storyline into like just these mundane puzzles, like sort of. And the was, ver- actually the version you played did have like the add-ons for, for it. Did it did have right? the expansion pack. So even, so even with the additional content, that still wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, I, that was what, like 40 hours or something that game. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even do there. Actually there was puzzles I didn't do yet. So I could really go back to it, but they're too hard. I, I can't, <laughs> there's the, the, the advanced, the really advanced puzzles. I just can't wrap my head around how mm-hmm. to do them. But from what I, playthrough and i already know the ending now so it's definitely worth it I, the ending was great it was such a good game i loved it the music was great it was perfect i'm still amazed that this game is by crow team uh, a studio that is famous for their serious sam games yeah which are pretty much just mindless like first person shooter type games which uh-huh. I, you know i mean that's kind of the intent of them they're kind of throwbacks to the fast 90s first person shooter style but this is like the polar opposite. This is like a cerebral puzzler, you know, yeah. which is completely um, a, a different spectrum. It's opposite, right? Than what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Very surprising. Yeah. But but I'm glad to see that they have uh, that type of flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So those are really my top games. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well. So, so that was our good stuff of 2016. Yeah. <laughs> now... We could dwell on some bad things. 2016 was a long year. It's it's useful to look at the things that were mistakes, things that went wrong, to make sure that you don't repeat them. Right? That's <laughs> right. kind of that's kind of the traditional wisdom. Is uh, reflect on your errors so mm-hmm. that you can do better next time. So keeping it within the world of uh, tech and electronics and games, mm-hmm. right? What were some disappointing or weird or questionable things that happened last year? I think there's quite a few. I, one that immediately comes to my mind was the announcement of the Coleco Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know how that went. Yeah, that went 
in a many different South interesting directions. Really fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly there were people that were skeptical of this thing right from the start because yeah. this well, this was a follow up to the previous retro uh, video game console, the retro VGS. Retro, that's right. Okay, and that's what it was called for a time. That was in 2015 fall, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, but it really exploded last year, crashed and burned uh-huh. in a way that uh, we certainly didn't expect because there were some interesting revelations made about what was presented as a functional system not being the actual system. And, you know, many people have rehashed this story many times. But in short, it was basically a dream of let's bring back cartridge-based gaming and, you know, everybody hates these infinite updates that yeah. modern consoles do. And let's bring back the good old days. Good old of, days where you just put a card in, turn it on, and start playing immediately. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's about all that was represented in this system. Everything else was pretty much smoke and mirrors. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think, to be honest, I, I don't think the people that were behind this originally wanted to deceive anyone in the sense that... They didn't want to just actually say, like, you know, let me see if I can convince everyone this is a great idea and then just disappear with the money. I don't think that was the intention. I think... Well, the guy in charge of it, I don't think he has a history of doing that, but... Well... I don't know. I think think there were a lot of uh, questionable errors in judgment. (laughs) Uh, I think the people that were kind of behind this wanted to they they believe that if we just get enough money and get the right people together we can make this happen Mm -hmm. i think that's what they were hoping for yeah but it turns out that that's it's a lot more work than just that to make a game console out of nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh from scratch yeah and um it's too bad it went the way it went just in terms of I, i you know i guess people were hanging their hopes on this thing but at least no no nobody put money into it and then lost their money in the sense that you know i mean they they certainly tried the crowdfunding route and that didn't work out yeah and then the the real evidence came out <laughs> oh it was a disaster yeah i'm amazed that it went this far to be honest mm-hmm. if they really had nothing it was one to of those stories it. where just when you thought You've heard everything about and and everything that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. It got worse. Like something else, right. another story would pop up about it, and you would just be like, "That can't be true." And right. It had me glued to the Atari Age message boards every morning. Right. A lot of the detective work, yeah, was being done on Atari Age to discover what exactly is being shown here, and uh, they did some amazing photo comparisons to figure out what's really under the hood of this thing. <laughs> Staggering. Yeah. And, you know, I think people gave them the benefit of that a few times. Like, they kept saying, like, well, wait, we're going to, we've taken your suggestions into account and we're going to come back with something better. Mm -hmm. And that happened a couple of times and it just kept blowing up worse and worse every time. Yeah. So, lesson learned. Yeah. Don't believe everything you see on Kickstarter or on, or on, uh, whatever they were. Now we all know. I guess they were originally on Indiegogo. Indiegogo, yeah. Mm hmm. Uh huh. So. Speaking of blowing up, yeah, Samsung had an issue, right? Uh, yeah, it's issue with their battery, which was a disaster for them. Right, uh, kind of unheard of, almost. I mean, batteries have had issues in the past in laptops and mm-hmm. other devices, like the um, skateboard things, those little like 
Oh, right. You know, motor boards. The hoverboards, yeah. The the thing that was weird about this was they they kind of brushed off, like, the whole... The initial reports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, it's fine. And they just send us back your phone. We'll give you a new one. And right. We've identified the issue. We'll, yeah. It's, it's they didn't say fixed. what the issue was, but they just... Right. Said, yeah. They never really had, like, a spokesperson come out and, and say, we're very sorry. You know, this is what we're doing to fix it. This is what the issue was. They never... Still to this day, they haven't done that. Mm-hmm. They issued new phones. Those phones had the same problems again. And right. it got to the point where... So this was specifically with the Note 7. Note 7, the battery. No, I mean, it was a little exaggerated about blowing up. It didn't yeah. blow up. It just, the batteries expand. But they were... And they, they, they catch fire. There was a fire hazard, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it wasn't every phone, but it was a lot of them. But it was a, a chance that it could happen with yeah. any of them, really. It got to the point where all Samsung phones were getting banned on flights. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, how could you tell the difference between a 7 or a 6, you know? Right. The average person doesn't know, so they just said, right. no Samsung phones. So there, were, there wasn't even a 6, because... The, right, they the, skipped over that one. The, 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 they, they called this the Note 7 in order to align it with the numbering of their Galaxy S series of, of phones, uh-huh. which didn't have the, the pen functionality. So that's a major blunder for them in the sense that, you know, they, they made this move to sort of line up their, their product line a, a little better. And it turned out that it's a product they couldn't even market in the end because yeah. of this fatal flaw. Yeah, they did a 100% product recall mm-hmm. on it. To the point where carriers were even sending out updates to disable the phone so that they weren't even functional. Yeah. If you do happen to decide you want to keep it, you won't be able to use it. Right. <laughs> I guess through like an on-air update or something. Mm-hmm. I guess if you don't connect it to Wi-Fi, it'll slow work. But what's the point? Not of Not very useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was... So, what do you think? Does, do they come back from this? Does the Samsung uh, Galaxy brand survive this, this mishap and continue? Um, I, I think it will. I think people have a short memory. The Note 8 will be fine? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think people will forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. They like shiny new tech products. Yeah, well, I guess the... There'll, there'll always be people who will be like, I'm not going to even touch that thing, but... Right. I think people are smart enough to know that five versions of this phone were fine. It's just this one year that mm-hmm. got screwed up. Yeah, I guess the other issue was, you know, sure, you gave the phone back and maybe they gave you the option to have either a regular S7 or they give you a voucher to replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. But maybe you also invested in accessories. Maybe you bought a case, yeah, case and, screen and protector. some other stuff for the uh-huh. phone. And I don't know what you do with that stuff. I guess nothing. I guess there's no recourse in that situation. No. Well, it's a big mess, but hopefully... They lost, they lost a lot of money. Yeah, hopefully they uh, don't rush it out next time, I guess. So what but else do we have on our list? What turned out to be bad news for them turned out to be... I guess better news for Apple mm-hmm. because they had their uh, iPhone seven, right? Which a lot of people really objected to it as you know the first iPhone that they really didn't like because it removed the headphone jack, that analog headphone but jack. People really freaked out about this, at mm-hmm. least on the internet. I don't know. I wasn't one of them, but I guess it wasn't a big deal for either one I of us. I still see people like memes and stuff about that joke. Right. Well, we both ended up with a seven. Yeah, we both bought one. We, we you got a regular iPhone seven. But and there I were got, a lot of people I, who had a trade in their Galaxy Note seven, and they went with an iPhone instead. I guess that's an option. I think it's. That's, I think that's more of a drastic move to go from Android to, yeah, to iOS. Mm-hmm. I think some people that 
stick with with a Samsung phone, kind of like the whole Android ecosystem, and they, right. they're comfortable with that. Uh, but then again, who knows? Maybe there's something about the iPhone that you'd rather go with if mm-hmm. you've, you know, maybe you just like the latest gadget. So that was an option. But yeah, I guess overall that wasn't a very popular move from Apple to to remove that headphone jack. It, it just seems like a customer hostile type of move. I've seen it described as such yeah. just because they feel like you're taking away something that we have already. And what are we really getting back in return for it? Mm-hmm. Some would argue, well, it lets them make the phone more waterproof, waterproof yeah. compliant. But I think Samsung had a higher rating in that regard yes, and, and still has and still the has headphone has jack. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's a kind of a hollow argument to make. Yep. Uh, but they say it also lets them create more room inside the phone for additional features and functionality. Future upgrades, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe more battery space, maybe room for some other type of sensor. Uh, they've also, they also removed that physical home button, mm-hmm. which I don't really miss at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't see that as a big either. problem, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall I'd say the negative other aspect of the phone is just that it's kind of the same as the six and the six S that came before it or it came after it. Yeah. Uh, not a huge difference in terms of appearance or features set, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely made a lot of news. I would say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what else do we have on our list? We have Nintendo on the list. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Yeah. Couple of maybe missteps this year. One of them was the launch of the NES Mini, the NES Classic. There. Oh, that's right. The SE official name. That's the 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 NES Classic Edition. The street name is the Mini. I think. Is, <laughs> the Mini is what a lot of people are calling it. It's uh, you know basically their little plug and play console that they announced it back in July. That has thirty built in games mm-hmm. that people were excited for for this holiday season. Yep. They're like sixty bucks, thirty I, games. Yep. Looks like an NES. I'm sold. I'll get one day one. And that was probably... They they, they even replicated the original look of the box art. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. They they did a great job on the aesthetics. A little trailer that looked like the original, you know, know, the commercials they used to have. Mm -hmm. So they definitely, like, got you excited about reliving that experience of buying Nintendo. Right. And unfortunately, day one was probably the only chance to get one, if, if at all. If at all. Well, it turns out a lot of retailers didn't know that it was Nintendo was not going to overproduce this thing. So they had ads running for this. You know, the week before it was set to release, these retailers start saying, hey, you know what? We're not getting these like we thought. And now we're going to have to tell our customers, you know, sorry, this is going to be limited supply. Yeah, we're only getting like a dozen at a time, yeah. if that. We still don't know the reason why Nintendo decided not to make enough. I think they only made 200,000. I think that's been the U.S. That's what they claim they've sold through. I think, yeah. Which mm. you know they're they're claiming they're happy with that number, but anyone would have known that that could they could have sold two million easily. Sure. Near the holidays, out of those two hundred thousand, I'm sure a quarter of that is gone to scalpers. Mm-hmm. It seems like anyway. I mean, I look on Craigslist and eBay, and there's hundreds of them for sale at exaggerated prices. Yeah, four, to- four times the suggested retail price. It's too bad. It's, it's, it's a shame. It's sad when someone wants something like this for, for a gift, let's say for the holiday season, and there's just nowhere to get one. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're faced with either just, I guess, buy something else or 
or if you're really set on that thing, giving in to paying over two hundred dollars or something like this, which is ludicrous. Yeah, I, w- I wish people just didn't didn't do that, so that these scalpers had less incentive to want to you know resell stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But it's going to happen with any hot commodity, so it's hard to. I, I to bet make. there's some people that actually thought that that's how much it sells for. I bet there like there's some people that say, okay, I remember spending about two hundred for Nintendo back then. Yeah, and that's what they paid. Or there's some people that said, oh, let me look at Amazon or, or Walmart, and then they go to Walmart site, and it, of course, you know, Walmart sells third party stuff. Right. So it says two hundred dollars. You know, people are like, oh, okay, that must be the going price of this thing. It doesn't help when yeah, when you go to Walmart of, like, and you see something like that. Places like Target and Toys R Us, they yanked the the product from their site altogether, so you couldn't really. Unless you were really like following the news, you wouldn't even know like what the retail price would have been, or if you saw an ad or something for it. Right. Yeah. So you might have think 150 is what it goes for. Like, all right, that's a piece of electronics. I guess that's what it is. I guess these stores, the ones that remove the product page, uh-huh. I guess they don't want to leave a page up that just says out of stock. Yeah. Or product sold out or unavailable or something. So they'd rather just not have it there at all mm-hmm. than have something that's like negative, as in you know. Because like, there's probably people it. who will just refresh the page constantly. Have bots that do that all day, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that eats into their. Their, <laughs> into their uh, bandwidth. Bandwidth, probably. I I think maybe. I suppose. I, I mean, Amazon's site was got. I mean the first time and i couldn't ever remember was brought down because of the uh, announcement that they were going to sell some units yeah online. that page I, I don't know how amazon I'm, I'm sure amazon splits up their hosting among you know many different sites but but basically amazon worked but if you went to that specific page trying to buy that particular machine it was broken and you could yeah. not get in i mean you would add it to your cart and then it would vanish from your cart yeah. there was just no way to check out uh, I just can't imagine what Nintendo's thinking in terms of supply in this situation it's like a short packed action figure right <laughs> uh-huh. like I think I guess they figure well you're just going to keep trying to buy it and that's what increases your excitement the fact that you can't get one on your first try which generally works except that they never had that week before Christmas thing where like you know the day before where they said okay here they all are you know now you can have them Mm -hmm. we're still it's january and you still can't get them they're still impossible to get yeah so now it's like a little too late i mean anything any impulse purchase is is done and now now people are are like buying these raspberry pies and just doing their own hacks and stuff and yeah that's always suggested as an alternative i i I guess that's true if you if you just want a solution that works that Mm -hmm. you can play these games on but it doesn't it doesn't really fit the the plug and play a- aspect that people are you know, the mass yeah, but market. I think the customer for that is is done already. They missed the boat on that. Right, right. So definitely now that it's post holidays, some of that demand has is going to diminish. Yeah. But there's still people interested in picking one up if they become available. They might see it as we'll have more next Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it. It's right. games that don't age. So unless they have to like renew licensing or something, that they'll just sell it again next Christmas. That's it. <laughs> Who knows I, how Nintendo thinks? I don't know. I guess we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Well, we did have one final item, right? Okay. Which was sort of the introduction of mainstream VR yeah, this products. this was a big year. Because this was like the, finally, we're getting virtual reality in our homes, right? Mm-hmm. It's been hyped up for years. Yeah. And... It's not worked in the past, you know, back when technology wasn't that great. Uh-huh. And it's been sort of a failure, but... I think at this point, you know, we can render 
3D imagery pretty good at home. Yeah. And uh, the product that basically had the best chance at this was the PlayStation VR. Yeah. And I feel like they really didn't do a whole lot to push this product. No. Maybe they didn't make that many, and maybe what they did make sold out well enough that they didn't feel the need to push something that they probably didn't have the numbers to back up. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it, it came down to, because now it's very, very difficult to get one. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much sold out, and I think that's because they didn't see a demand for it, and right. they didn't make a whole lot. Yeah, I think, well, it looks like Sony f- focused on selling the PS4 Pro as their sort of high-end item, and then obviously... Uh, the, the redesigned Slim as their mainstream offering. Yeah. So I guess they had enough product. I, I, I read that they, they sold over 6 million PS4s That's good. over the holiday season. And it's, you know, in continuing to inflate the, yeah. the, the PS4 install wow. base. So they did well enough. But I really felt like this would have been a big reason to get into VR. A big name like Sony's behind it. Because certainly on the PC side of things, you've got those other alternatives you've got the oculus rift and you've got the 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 vive and those have their advantages and they're certainly more high-end solutions uh but they're also like double the price of of what the playstation version is going for i don't know i don't know what the long-term investment in vr sony feels they can make i guess they helped getting these initial launch titles out of the door and i don't know if they've seen a return enough to to maybe justify continuing to invest in it? I wonder. I I feel like um, there wasn't much excitement for it, even after it was released. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a few streams here and there, maybe trying to promote it, but it's another one of those things where until you put the goggles on and try it for yourself, you're not going to really know what the benefits are like, because there's no way to, like, see it. (laughs) Which I actually did. I don't know if I ever talked about it, but I did play with the VR, PSVR. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't that impressed. It was okay. But after about 20 minutes or so, I think I had my, my fill of VR. Uh-huh. I was good. You know, I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Nothing really... It was cool, but I, I still feel like it's not... I'm waiting for, like, the 2.0 version. You know, like, the screen still wasn't great that you're looking into. And, you know, it's still a little bulky, a little heavy... You know, mm-hmm. the games don't really... I don't feel like it adds much to the gameplay than what you have if you don't have goggles. I don't know. I, w- I wasn't really... Were they... The games that you played, were they... Did they feel like kind of mini-games that sort of... Just to sort of showcase the technology? Or did they feel like actual games? They felt like actual games. Yeah? Yeah. And I played a lot, quite a bit of Battlezone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the others, too, but... I gotta say, the classic mode of that Battlezone game looks, looks pretty good. good. Yeah, I didn't, they didn't have that patch. I don't know if that was patched in or something. That wasn't an option when I played. Yeah. That should have been the game from the start. Yeah, it should have been. I know. <laughs> it's true. It looks good. I like the look of it. So, yeah, I, after playing that, I'm not running out to get a, a VR, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. If they if they improve the tech a little bit, maybe. I'm interested. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm still optimistic about it. Yeah. But I think the 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 launch this year has been a little rocky. A little rocky. Yeah. I guess some people would argue about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe everyone kind of expected that. Sure. Well, maybe the person that bought one and has five games, or it, yeah. maybe they were happy with it. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we've been negative enough. Okay. And maybe we should. Talk about the things that we're looking forward to in this new year. I have a couple of things. All right. Yeah, I'm Let's excited. 
What do you got? All right. So one thing I am looking forward to is uh, I'm going to keep it. I'll get the Apple stuff out of the way. All right. I'm waiting for a new iMac to come out from Apple because mm-hmm. I need to upgrade my computer. It's from 2009, and I've been waiting. I mean, I could have bought the latest iMac, but it still has USB 3 ports, and I want the new USB C ports on it. Mm-hmm. And of course, everything's all in one with Apple. <laughs> Can't right. upgrade parts. Sure. So it's not like I can buy and upgrade it later. So, you know, it's one of the the downsides of buying into the Apple ecosystem like I do mm-hmm. is that you have to be selective and you're kind of a slave to Apple's products and their launch lineup. <laughs> well, eight years, though, is pretty good. You've gotten a pretty good run out of your current computer. Yeah, yeah it still goes, but, you know, I'm someone who likes new tech. So Sure, no, I think... I probably could squeeze another two years out of it. Well, yeah, it depends what you do with it, really, yeah. but... But uh, I think your more your biggest concerns are for like stability and and continued support, right? Right. So that's kind of the sure. the part of the issue. And, and but the biggest, I mean, my computer only has USB two point mm-hmm. ports. So even using external hard drives, it's very slow. Sure. To move like gigabytes of files, like doing video projects or audio, mm-hmm. it's very difficult. So that that jump to USB three or C is going to make a huge difference for me. Yeah, for sure. I'm also looking forward to the iPad, the new iPads. Mm-hmm. I've been using my current Air, iPad Air, for about three years now. Yeah. And it still works okay, but, you know, I have some money put aside. I've been waiting for <laughs> some new tech. You know, I like upgrading uh-huh. every so often. So. All right. So what do you think, then, about the rumor of this new bezel-less third, like, model of iPad that they're t- they're kind of uh, touting? Yeah. I'm a little concerned about bezel-less technology mm-hmm. because my thumbs sit on the screen most of the time when, yeah. I'm, when I'm using it so the, by the way that is one of the selling features of of the Samsung product line that the fact that they have these wraparound like curved OLED yeah. screens so there's talk of OLED and there's talk of a lot of different new technologies coming into play for possibly a new iPhone and possibly for iPads too so you you feel like you do need some type of boundary to to work with the device, right? That's how I feel, but you know maybe once I have it in my hands, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. I guess we will see when it comes out. If you know those are just rumors, so it's yeah. possible that it may not be that. I, I do I do think it looks cool, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much it impacts the usability of the. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's nice, though. I mean, definitely, you can see I've got an older iPad 3 that I use, and it's got a really thick frame around the screen versus what you used to with the Air. And the Air did slim it down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is some, you know, some uh, room for further slimming. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> How about you? Anything on your end? Uh, well, gaming-wise, certainly. Okay. There's, let's, of course... Let's talk gaming. We're a week away from the latest news about the Nintendo Switch. We're going to see what Nintendo's got to say about it. They're going to talk about what the actual release date is, what the final price will be, what the launch price will be anyway, and uh, what's going to be coming out for it. What what titles are we going to get at launch and so on. So to me, that's something to look forward to. The system is scheduled to come out in March. I guess they'll confirm Not the actual date. Away, yeah, another two months away. I'm curious to hear more. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. Curious, yeah. Waiting to see what what price they settle on. Yeah, right. <laughs> for me, it's all going to be about price for me to buy one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think... Because uh, I, I don't think that console is going to offer me anything I can't already do on any other device that I own already. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... Like I've always said, I'm not a first-party Nintendo fan. So if I buy it, it's just going to be like, oh, that's cheap and it's new technology. Let me mess around with it. Right. But most people are probably not in that same mindset mm-hmm. as me. I'm I'm wondering to see what kind of reception it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a hard sell a little bit just because of the uniqueness of it. Uh, it doesn't replace another game console that someone else might already have or might be thinking about getting. So it kind of has to exist on its own merits. It's not going to be like... I can get this instead of something else. Right. Uh, so I'm well, hoping they... it sort they, of does sort of replace a tablet in your house. It depends what you do that with that tablet. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I guess um, we don't know what kind of... Like, apart from gaming, we don't know what kind of tablet functionality the system right. might have. Yeah, we don't know. Because they haven't really talked about the touch aspect of the screen it at all. It does, yeah. I don't know. Um, supposedly it does. I mean, from what we've heard so far, it does still have a touch screen. Mm-hmm. But can you use it to be browsing like internet, run apps? Uh-huh. We don't know. We don't know what, what, yeah. what kind of uh, sort of OS or whatever it's going to have underneath. Uh-huh. Certainly it's going to be something Nintendo-focused. <laughs> of course. I'm hoping for the best, and I'm hoping that they knock it out of the park with this one. And, you know, regain their footing somewhat. They really need to hit that balance of just price and, and games and, uh, you know, make it, make it really appealing for the mainstream. Yeah. Hopefully they, they nail it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So further on into gaming, uh-huh. we've also got talk of a new Xbox console. Project Scorpio. It was teased at E3 last year. Yeah. They said, we've got the Xbox One S for now. To keep you happy and satisfied, a better Xbox One. But next year, we've got an even better Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Thus far, only referred to as Project Scorpio. That they're claiming is going to have true 4K gaming output, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> I'm still skeptical. A lot of people are, yeah. Just as with the PS4 Pro, this is... The, the Scorpio is... Position to have maybe 50% more power than the PS4 Pro, even. Mm-hmm. That would mean maybe three times as powerful as what the current Xbox One is. Whether that's enough to drive a 4K display, I'm not quite sure. I I, I mean, it's, it's certainly not the case on a PC, but a PC has some overhead that maybe a console might not have. Mm-hmm. They can optimize things a certain way on, on a game console that maybe you know, would be more challenging mm-hmm. uh, on a computer just because of the variety of hardware that's out there and, you know, BOS and so on that, that adds some, some delay to things. But who knows? Maybe there's a potential, maybe there's room in the marketplace. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a lot of saturation going on here. Maybe people are already satisfied with what they've got and they don't feel the need to upgrade to the direct Next one, maybe this is an upgrade for people that are still on a 360 somehow. Yeah, maybe. You know? Could be. Uh, Like, I question whether this horsepower is enough to to drive a 4K, but I'm certainly interested to see upgraded visuals at 1080p. Like, if we've seen that on the PS4 Pro, that, that is the case, that certain older games, while they do have a 4K support mode, they also have a mode where they run at 1080p and they benefit from just having that extra muscle at 1080p, yeah. you know, and 
maybe there's some some improvement there that can be done. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. E3 probably they'll they'll show a little bit more. Yeah, so E3 in June will will definitely highlight <laughs> what Microsoft cool. has in store for that. But yeah. it definitely stirs the pot, and for people that were staying away from Xbox because they felt well, PlayStation had the technical advantage this time around. This certainly flips it the other way, and we'll see if that has any real impact in, on things. Yeah. Uh, worldwide, I, I feel that I think PlayStation still has the lead. They're, it's much closer in the U.S. than than people think. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're pretty close. They're only a few million apart in in, in the United States. Hmm. So it's it's interesting split. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So how about games themselves? Any hot games you're looking forward to? A couple of games I'm looking forward to. Yeah, one of them is. One that's coming out very soon, actually. Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. That's due, I think, end of the month. End of January, right. yeah. Should be very soon. So, I, we, we played the demo a few times. I enjoyed it. You know, I don't know if I'm in love with it, really. They made some changes to the original core demo that I'm not too crazy about, but I like the, the direction they're going with this series. Because mm-hmm. this is a big departure from the prior um, Resident Evil games. But I don't know, I'm excited about it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> well, it seems I, I like they're bringing back the survival horror aspect of yeah. the early games rather than the kind of action shooter style. A little, little puzzly. Mm-hmm. Some puzzle action. Yeah. It looked good. The graphics look pretty good. I like the. It looks a little bit like that. Um, what was it? PT? Had that very like photorealistic mm-hmm. house look to it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. What that actually brings in the I, final I, I game. sort of have my doubts though Because I feel like this game Is coming out way too soon And we haven't really seen a whole lot of it Other than this one demo that we've had for about a year now We haven't seen really like anything Of what this game is going to look like And for it to come out like in, a, in less than like Two or three weeks And it has VR support too I'm like I don't know There's like too much <laughs> You feel like uh, reviewers I, should have gotten their hands on this already? Well, I feel like they should have leaked out stuff at some point or Well they don't want to give anything about the story right? Just showing a little bit more than what we've seen Mm -hmm. I I don't know I feel like there's not enough hype There must be a reason why they're holding back on this well, you know, I'm very cynical about this, but I'm looking forward to it. I guess if they were if they were going to rush it out, they would have done so before the holidays. That's true. Yeah, I think they would have pushed it out in December if they really just wanted to get it out the door. Uh-huh. So it seems like this date was chosen intentionally. Yeah. They felt like this was the time that we needed. Well, there is a new Resident Evil movie coming out basically the same week. I think. Yeah, so maybe they much. wanted to tie that in with the hype of the movie. I guess they'll both benefit from some cross promotion. Totally different. Not even close right. storyline-wise or anything else. That's true. So the movie would probably be the reason why they held it to this date. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, that is a problem when it comes to certain licensing-type games, right? Well, Resident Evil certainly is a, an exception because, like you said, it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. But in cases of other games where it's a, it's a movie tie-in type of game, they do have to. They do have that hard deadline yeah. to get it out right when the movie comes out too. Right, finished or not. <laughs> yeah. Finished or not, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I guess there is an element to that. But it seems like they've had time to get this one right. I feel like you know, it's a whole new creative direction. So mm-hmm. I have to. I have to think that you know maybe they know what they're doing this time around. 
Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Capcom's latest games have not been They've had a few missteps lately, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, some some other games I'm looking forward to, a game called Shikara Wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is an indie game that was crowdfunded on, I think it was Indiegogo or Kickstarter. I forget why. I, I ended up funding a little bit on this. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. So my, I think my name's going to be in the credits somewhere. Nice. Um, so this guy who, who's making this game, he made the action arcade wrestling games on Xbox 360. He made part one and two. And then he had three in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and then suddenly, um, you know, new consoles came out. And he was pouring it over to, like, you know, Xbox One and stuff. And then he got a... He was able to work out a deal with Shikara Wrestling. They're an independent wrestling organization. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're licensing some of their wrestling characters to the game. So I like the look of it. The game looks awesome. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play. You know, it'll take a chance. But I, I feel like we always need new wrestling games because I'm sick of those WWE games. They're... I think they're terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I know I'm, I'm a big wrestling game fan, so um, and I just can't stand those WWE games. They're awful. So any any chance I can get something new on a console is is good. Mm. And then finally on my list of games, there's Sonic Mania, mm. which is the next installment of the Sonic the Hedgehog, but like classic style, like 16-bit style yeah. game. I've seen a bunch of playthroughs of some of the levels so far, like on IGN and some other YouTube channels, and I think the game looks great. I can't wait to play it. I don't know why, uh, because I've played, you know, I played some of the, the, like, DS and GBA games, and, you know, they had Sonic 4, Part 1 and 2 on Xbox, and Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really like them that much. You know, I sort of, I don't even know if I ever finished them. But for something about it, this, the way this game looks, I don't know. I'm like really into it. <laughs> well, you play? Did you play Generations? It was the kind of the, the sort of 3D. No, one? I have that too. I should play that. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. One. I think maybe what this game is doing differently is that it's it's being designed by Christian Whitehead. I think the guy that did, did the, the remakes, yeah, which are very good. Which you know added a lot of interesting new stuff to some of the old games, and uh, someone who seems to really understand Sonic and understands what needs to be done to keep those games interesting. So maybe it's just the creative forces behind this one that, Could that, be. that lend it some credibility. Yeah, it's on my list. I think uh, I'm probably going to be picking up the deluxe version with the, the Sonic statue standing on I, a Genesis. I do have that on pre-order, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> I think uh, the game does not come on a physical disc, even with it that package. It it's going gonna, gonna, gonna to come with a, a download code. Yep. Which uh, I don't really have a problem with. Uh, you're buying the deluxe thing for the all the knickknacks that it comes with, really, uh-huh. more than anything. And if you weren't buying that thing, you'd probably buy it as a download for 20 bucks anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's fine. Uh, and th- these days, though, you never know. Sometimes they do digital first, and then later on, mm-hmm. physical copies come out. To get everyone all mad about yeah, their, right? their purchase, they're going to come I out know, with a physical would, one after all. I still don't get why they do that. Okay. <laughs> They better not. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's coming soon. I think that's uh, early half of the year. First half. Yeah, it's be like around March or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on my side of things, you mentioned crowdfunding, and one of the games that I went in on was Shenmue Three, and that's scheduled to come out at 
in December of this year yeah, right. as well. So let's Fat see. Chance. Let's see if they actually make that no date. No way. I can't imagine. I've been keeping up with the updates. They're making a lot of progress. Yeah. Do they release trailers for it? They release little okay. little peeks okay. into their progress here and there. Okay. Uh, you know, it's certainly <laughs> one of those games that people have been asking for for a long time. They're going to finally get it, so they better be happy with it. So we'll see. Maybe you'll get stage one by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of weird stretch goals on that project, Mm -hmm. too. A lot of things of like, well, we're going to add all these side quests if we hit this number and that number. And I don't know. I think I think they're they're moving along. That's digital only, right? You know, it's funny because I think as part of the Kickstarter, they, they did say like a certain tier will get you a physical copy of the game. Whereas before they weren't going to do that. Okay. Uh-huh. So remains to be seen. Maybe they'll, maybe they will come out with one eventually, a retail version. I don't see why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But maybe this will have some exclusive cover art or something like that. Okay. Something to keep it special for the backers. Yeah. Who knows? Another game I could bring up is Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. For PlayStation 4. Yeah, it looks good. I think that looks like it's going to be the standout title for PlayStation this year. I think the only thing that gives me some hesitation is the fact that it's one of these games that is PS4 Pro optimized. So Mm. it will be a better experience on PS4 Pro than the standard version of the console. Now, you know, I don't plan on getting a PS4 Pro anytime soon. Uh, I still like uh-huh. my, the base model that I've got now. Sure, your white one. Uh-huh. I, it's a special version, uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm more inclined to stick with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got to say, the presence of the Pro and, the, and just knowing that there is a better version of the game does give me a little feeling of hesitation when considering when to play these games. All right. Well, let's see. It's not out yet. I know. I know. It is soon, though. It is it's soon. soon. It is It is in the early half I'm of the year as well. I'm a little disturbed that we haven't heard about much of it since the initial like E3 showing, where they really kept pushing commercials for it for some mm. reason, and then it just disappeared. Well, they talked about it a little bit last month during PlayStation Experience. Did they? Okay. So it was right, highlighted there a bit, uh, but not too much different from what we've already seen. Yeah. You know, just more of the same kind of stuff. Mm. But it looks good from looks good. from what they've shown so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm you're battling like Dinobots, right? <laughs> it looks like Zoids. it. Uh-huh. That's what that's what they remind me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much the list, mm. or at least our uh, sort of first half of 2017 list. Yeah, our sort of uh, optimism on the new year. Yeah, it's not all negative, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll wrap things up. What do you think? Uh, do we have any pickups to talk about? Uh, unfortunately, I, I have quite a bit. All right. Well, it was we never really talked about it. It was Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, I did receive some presents. Okay. From peoples, including myself. I self-presented myself. <laughs> I've been talking about a few. <laughs> so you're entitled. So I'm not going to go through in detail. I'm just going to go through real fast because there's a lot of stuff here. Um, people are way too generous with me for some reason. <laughs> But uh, I entered the scary world of Funko Pops. I, I got the Pac-Man collection of Funko Pop characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole family of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. I also got the Cubert Funko Pop, which uh, I actually like quite a bit. He sits next to my computer right now. He looks like a baby Cubert. Yeah. He really, uh, they really did a great job on that. I, I like it. 
I also received strawberry shortcake Funko Pops mm-hmm. and a mini Pac-Man keychain Funko Pop, which is kind of nice. You're a big strawberry shortcake fan. I am, yeah. It's one of those things that I don't talk about a whole lot, but... It's not surprising. I have some dolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I got the 8-bit dough controller, which is like these, this Bluetooth... Looks sort of like a NES controller, but it's yeah. more rounded, uh, and it has four buttons and and uh, shoulder buttons too. Mm-hmm. So it works with like Super Nintendo and like any emulator, I guess. Um, it has thumbsticks on it. It's cool. It's a good controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to the NES Classic Wii controller. Yeah, very very similar to that. It's got that rounded dog bone kind of yeah. shape. Yeah, yeah. It works on Android, iCade, PC, uh, USB. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. Very nice. Uh, I received a Pac-Man LED clock, which I'm looking at right now. It's sitting under my TV, <laughs> and it's uh, it looks like a light bright sort of, but yeah. it tells the time and it has little animations of Pac-Man going back and forth. They did a good job on this one, just because I well, the the thing that I like best about this. Uh-huh. I mean, of course, the animation is awesome, but. But they really nailed the font. They got the they Namco did. font exactly right. Font and colors, too. It's the perfect... So it looks RGB. like a little slice of of a Pac-Man arcade screen uh-huh. permanently on display as a clock. It's pretty cool. The animations are a little bit much. I think they, they could probably tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. It's fine. I like it. Yeah, the animations are pretty much like the little chase scenes during the intermissions. Yeah. Much, yeah, it's yeah. like every like three or four seconds it, it goes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also received the Bridge Direct, I think the company's called, arcade tabletops of Pac-Man and Space Invaders. These little mini, mini arcades. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feature realistic music, but it has the sort of Game & Watch LED sort of graphics to it. Not the most fun games to play, but they're just cool-looking display types. Yeah. Yeah, they have nice uh, cabinet art. Yeah, and uh, the the sound effects are really yeah, like mini cabs. Well done. Yeah, these are the, I got the Walmart editions, so they're the boxes are a little bit designed differently, and they have numbers on them mm-hmm. for uh, I guess the because there's future games coming out to extend the series. That's right. Yeah. Uh, also, I should note that I bought the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Flashback Portable. Mm-hmm. But I had to return it because the SD card slot did not work. Mm-hmm. There was a some kind of glitch in mine that if you have a card in there, the machine just wouldn't power on. Yeah. So I had to return it, and uh, they didn't have any more in stock. So I will probably not get that again. That's too bad. Yeah. I'm very sad about that because because yeah, uh, I bought one also, and I helped you uh, troubleshoot a little bit by testing out your SD cards on my version of the portable yeah. and mine worked but yours was malfunctioning so unfortunately it's confirmed that the slot was bad and, and the, to me the slot was the selling point yeah the built-in games yeah they're all right but they get kind of boring fast like i played with it one day and i was already bored with the building games mm-hmm. so you know that was sort of for me that's what i really what i wanted it for and you know that's it i had to return it yeah uh, so continue on. I hate to drag this even further, but I got the World of Nintendo Shadow Link figure. This is a recolor of the Link World of Nintendo, um, what, four or five inch figure. Right. He's all black. He's got red eyes from The Legend of Zelda 2. Mm-hmm. 
Um, pretty cool figure. I think it was the Spencer's exclusive. Spencer Gifts was the only place that you yeah. could buy that. Yeah. Uh, in the same realm, I also got the World of Nintendo Pixel Classic Mario figure. This is also resembling the, the pixelized Mario from the arcade game, but he's colored from like the Donkey Kong era mm-hmm. of the, you know, the red or the blue suspenders, I guess, you know, and the, right. the red cap. And finally, or actually not finally, I got a Pac-Man sweatshirt. <laughs> it's a very Pac-Man-themed Christmas. Uh, it has a Pac-Man graphic on it with a little heart, which is kind of nice. And then I also got socks. But these are not regular socks. These are indie game socks. <laughs> Who knew they make indie they game socks? They make sock. indie game socks. Uh, this is a, a variety of different games. Um, Krypton Necrodancer is one of them. Super Meat Boy and Axiom Verge. Or just some of the themes of these socks. That's crazy. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm kind of a, a sock maniac. <laughs> I have two big drawers full of socks. And pixel socks are even better. Even better, which you don't always see. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was very happy with this. Very nice. Yeah, so a lot of stuff. Good haul. A lot of stuff. Some of it was for me, some of it was from you, and the rest was from my family. Very nice. I so know you, you got at least one thing. Well, I've been dragging out all my various acquisitions for the holiday right, season. You did. Uh, mm-hmm. Past few episodes, but uh, I've got something new this week to bring up, and that is I picked up uh, finally a, U- a USB arcade stick for use with both my PlayStation consoles and for my PC as well. And uh, notably, I got the. Kanba, I believe that's the right pronunciation, spelled Q-A-N-B-A. There's I, no U after the There's Q. no U, Why so it's not a Kwanba, it's a Kanba. It's a Kanba. <laughs> I think they're a Korean company, maybe? Uh, not sure. Okay. Couldn't tell. But either way, they make a model of their stick called the drone. Mm. And this particular one has uh, eight face buttons which I thought was uh, pretty good for most games. It's going to be enough for pretty much everything. Play Street Fighter with that? Sure. (laughs) Uh, But this particular one has PS4 compatibility, which a lot of these third-party sticks do not have. Yep. Uh, Pretty much, uh, probably a Hori stick is probably your only option if you wanted to get a PS4. Uh, And those tend to be... I think there's a Mad Cats one, too. There is, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this one has both PS3 and PS4 functionality, as well as PC, which will handle the majority of any kind of emulation that I would want to do. So that seemed like the perfect stick for me to pick up. It's got quality parts on it, too. It seems solid. It seems like a pretty good build. what game on PS4 are you going to play with it? Well, I think I did pick up the latest Guilty Gear game. It was on sale for $20 on Amazon. Mm. So uh, I was going to check that out. Nice. And uh, there's a slew of of indie style games. Yeah, they have a lot of arcade on. classics on PS4. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this particular stick I picked up for sixty nine ninety nine with free shipping. It was ten dollars off on the vendor's nice. uh, web store. Um, so which is pretty cheap for an arcade stick. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're pricey. Yeah, I figured. I don't see these on sale that often, mm-hmm. so this was a good opportunity to get one. Yeah. And anything better than this is a lot more expensive, at yeah, least $50 more. Yeah, at least. Uh-huh. So it seemed like a good pick at the yeah. time, and I'll see how it works out. Yeah, it should be good. <laughs> Looking forward to using it. Nice. To be honest, uh, I really wanted a stick like this, specifically for Atari emulation, uh, 
for a lot of the older Atari games that I've played, I find that a D-pad just does not do it. I cannot... I don't have that Atari, level of... 8-bit? Uh, like um, 800 what, or 2600? Both. Both. Okay. Whether whether it's Atari 2600 or the you know the Atari 8-bit line of computers, hmm. I've tried playing those games with uh, a standard modern controller and it just doesn't work out for me. Interesting. It's too sloppy all over the place. <laughs> it doesn't have the accuracy or the speed that I need. Wow. Uh, so, uh, I had good luck using, um, uh, your arcade stick using that. So I thought, which is the same manufacturer. So I thought I'd, I'd be a good opportunity to get, to yeah. get one of my own. So, um, we'll see. Good Maybe luck. hopefully more Atari games will be in my future. <laughs> Can't wait to hear those high scores. Right. I don't know about that. Gonna see your name on Twin Galaxy soon. Mm, I can't, I can't even contemplate that. <laughs> Very well. So, uh, thanks for joining us for our little wrap-up. We've got uh, more interesting games ahead. This is a fun filler episode. Sure. It's just a way to get us back into the groove yeah. and uh, back on track, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, I gotta kick this flu, hopefully by next week. I think you'll have purged all invaders. I think so. <laughs> Alright, well, as always, visit us on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com slash our Brooklyn Bites. And uh, also send us a comment if you wish via email uh, at obbfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, also check out many other gaming podcasts at the retrojunkies.com. And if there's nothing else, see you in a week. All right. Mm-hmm.